Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you, the listener, direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are, as always, Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute and Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Jason, I will start with you. Ten days to go till the midterms, and you have five questions that every Every Christian should ask themselves before they vote on November 8th. What are those questions, if you would, sir? Yeah, there's a number of questions. I mean, really, I think as a Christian, we're asking ourselves, what are our biblical responsibilities regarding our civic responsibilities uh, here in this world? You know, our citizenship is in heaven, but we obviously are taking part in this world as well. And a part of exercising the wise stewardship of our civic responsibilities is voting. So we're encouraging people to do that. Yep, and those questions are on your website if you care to see what they look like. We're going to mention that at the end of the broadcast. Michael, yesterday you hosted a seminar to help churches navigate this tumultuous election season. What are some of the common questions that you get asked by church leaders? Well, our church ambassador network and then our attorney team at the Independence Law Center combined to help pastors understand the questions that churches are asking. What are they allowed to do? What can be said from the pulpit about the elections? What sort of guidance can pastors provide to uh, members of their congregation about how to vote and uh, not necessarily who to vote for, but how they should uh, apply biblical principles to their voting, as well as just some of the mechanics of how voting takes place, uh, especially with early voting now allowed here in Pennsylvania. Some of those details were provided to the pastors as we encourage church members and pastors to honor God with their vote. And a lot of folks that wonder if, you know, voter guides are legal in church, all that stuff you cover. Uh, and again, uh, we'll give more information at the end. Well, guys, the dust uh, has settled now from Tuesday night's debates. If you're wondering, hey, what is there to watch on television? That was it. Uh, both uh, New York and Pennsylvania had rather interesting debates. And uh, Jason, I'll start with you and the governor race, always interested in the optics on these sorts of events. Who do you think won the one and only Hochul-Zeldin debate? You know, you talk about optics, and I think the best picture of that debate was actually a picture that's making the rounds on the internet before the debate even happened. Both Representative Lee Zeldin and Governor Hochul rode to the debate on the subway. However, they arrived separately. Uh, Lee Zeldin came with the voters, with members of the press, greeting them in the subway cars. The governor appears to have ridden up with with only her security detail in an empty subway car. And that's the picture of where the state is at right now. A representative Zeldin seems to be speaking to the issues of crime and inflation and things that voters are concerned about, while the governor is traveling the state with her own private security detail. It's an issue that's been of concern to many voters, and I think it will be the leading issue in this election. Of course, it is the only debate before the election. Is it too late in the game to have much of an impact on where those undecided voters are, or are there still a great number of undecided voters in New York? There are a pocket of undecided voters that are left. Uh, however, with the millions, the tens of millions 
of dollars have been spent on this race, it may be difficult to turn the ship at this point. Over a year ago, Mr. Zeldin made crime a key component of his campaign, when many others were looking to other issues, Republicans and Democrats. But he charted a course on the crime issue, and voters seem to be responding to it. Yeah. Uh, the Oz Fetterman debate, of course, uh, the big headline from that on Tuesday night, Michael, was the health concerns of John Fetterman fumbling a lot on a lot of the questions, not just fumbling, but you know, flip-flopping on a number of issues like fracking, for instance. Many are wondering, was this debate a game changer? What do you think? I think in many respects it was. I mean, this was really the first opportunity that the voters have had to see John Fetterman as he is. Uh, he's been hidden throughout the uh, campaign process, very few campaign appearances ultimately, and taking no questions for the press for the most part. So this can be a game changer. Of course, early voting has taken place, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not terribly supportive of early voting, because there are these things that are found out about the candidates, even in the waning days before Election Day, that voters should be knowing about before they cast their ballot. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, the eye-popping statistic from Pennsylvania, Michael, that over a half million Pennsylvanians have already voted. At this time in 2018, it was less than 60,000. So that yeah. tells you how much early voting is now a part of the process. Jason, I want to get your thoughts in the gun violence debate, of course, was another big talking point at Tuesday night's debate. The governor doubling down on gun-free zones in New York. There is a slew of litigation on that front. What is the latest in efforts to restore Second Amendment rights in New York. Recently, there was a decision, a uh, temporary restraining order that came from Judge Sinatra. And as a result of that decision, churches are now bringing back many of their volunteer security teams. In that temporary restraining order, Acting Superintendent Negrelli of the State Police can no longer enforce the provisions limiting firearms in houses of worship in churches. Now, that can come from sheriffs or local police departments. This is not over. But the greatest likelihood is that would be a state police enforcement, and that is now on hold. Yeah, we've heard from so many pastors on this. Jason, do you think the majority of church leaders in New York support what the Supreme Court ruled in restoring the right to carry firearms outside the home? Well, what's interesting is in that case out of Buffalo, there were two African-American pastors who cited racial attacks as one of their concerns as to why they choose to arm and protect their congregations. And I think that really resonated in the Buffalo area, considering what had happened there just a few months ago. Let's talk about the abortion debate. Uh, Dr. Oz, Michael, came under fire a little bit in that debate on Tuesday for his answer on abortion and saying not, he doesn't want the federal government involved in this. Uh, but there is a huge case right now before the Pennsylvania Supreme Court on abortion. Explain, if you would, what's going on there. Yeah, Planned Parenthood and a consortium of abortion clinics in Pennsylvania have filed a lawsuit for our state Supreme Court to mandate taxpayer funding of abortion and then to declare or really invent a right to abortion in our Constitution, which would risk all of our existing pro-life laws in Pennsylvania. It's a very important case. We don't know, though, when the Supreme Court will ultimately rule. Isn't it true? I mean, polls have shown even those who support abortion rights in this country do not endorse this allocation of taxpayer dollars for abortion. Is that still true? That is absolutely true. It uh, polls at around 70 percent of Pennsylvanians oppose taxpayer funding of abortion. But uh, again, the abortion industry thinks they can get what they want through the courts. Uh, we hope uh, that they're wrong. Jason, I want to get your thoughts on a story that kind of flew under the radar this 
this week. President Biden did an interview with a transgender TikTok activist on um, whether or not states should be allowed to ban transgender operations for minors. He suggested that they should not be allowed to do that. I'm sure you've got an opinion on that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's just uh, the latest example of really how far out of the mainstream the Biden administration is. Americans understand how dangerous it is to allow these kinds of puberty-blocking treatments and these surgeries on minors. I mean, if you think about it, a child cannot get a tattoo. Children cannot get an aspirin in a school, but somehow they can, they can make decisions to hinder their puberty or, or go through a permanent life-altering surgery. This is just not where we should be as a society, and someday we're going to look back really with tears over this period and so-called medical history. Um, when we're talking parents' rights, Michael, Pennsylvania Senate Committee has advanced a Doug Mastriano-sponsored legislation that would restore parental rights in education. Critics of this effort say, why is this even necessary? And I'll ask you that question. Why is this necessary? Well, I think Senator Mastriano introduced this bill partly because of what he's been hearing on the campaign trail. Parents who uh, have been exposed to what their children are being exposed to in the classroom uh, explicit uh, sex ed material and explicit books and libraries curriculum that is pushing them, for example, in the transgender uh, direction. And so those are the sorts of things that even we at Pennsylvania Family Institute hear from parents around the state, which is why legislation like this is necessary. It did move through a Senate committee, but unfortunately, if it ultimately comes to a full vote, Governor Wolf has vowed to veto it. All right. And again, uh, five questions every Christian needs to ask before they go into that voting booth November 8th. Um, Jason, you have those five questions on your website. If you would, sir, where can folks find out more? OpeningUpdate.com. And churches know your rights. Pastors know your rights when it comes to how to navigate this election season. Uh, Michael, there's information on your website as well. If you would, what is that? PAFamily.org. 